Primary This is the way. What is up, all of you, Ugnaughts, Jawas, and Zelens, whatever species we got going on in the Mandalorian Season 3 so far, we've had so many. This is Mando Talk. I'm your host, Caleb Keller, and we are back for a spoiler discussion after show of the Mandalorian Chapter 18 titled The Minds of Mandalore. And joining me on this episode is none other than Zach Horvath. Zach, what's up, man? How's it going? And it's so good to have you back on the show. What up? Yeah, so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be back. Let's go, Mandalorian. He's back. Or I should say they're back, huh? Yeah, they are. Yeah, like it, dude. It, it, so happy to be back. So happy to be on the show, watching it, new content. And I don't want to bury the lead. What and it's good. Like thank God. Like it's know, so good. Man. I know. I know. But we'll get we, there. There was I feel like, you know, the first the premiere episode was kind of split online, honestly. Like people enjoyed it overall, but there was yeah. like definitely some criticisms. And I, I understood that. But I think this one's more well accepted across the fan base because there are some incredible moments. And of course, as we're doing our breakdown on this podcast episode, we'll definitely get to it. So we'll digress for right now. But by mm. the way, at the end of this podcast, just like we did last week, by the way, every single Friday, you can expect a new companion podcast wherever you're listening to this right now. I will say YouTube's probably the best place because I'm doing these additional YouTube shorts covering all things Mandalorian Season 3. So regardless of where you're at, though, smash that subscribe button. But anyway, I was trying to say, just like we did last week, we talked to you guys on Twitter and this week also on Discord I got some f feedback from y'all. We're going to talk about your reactions, your thoughts, your opinions, your theories at the back half of this podcast episode. But as we always do, we're going to break it down every single piece, every single part. Me and Zach are going to walk through this thing. So let's not waste any time because we've got a heavy episode to dissect throughout. So let's get it done. Chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore was directed by Rachel Morrison, who is best known for being a cinematographer for the following, Mudbound, Fruitvale Station, and Black Panther. Those are three very solid, very solid properties there, especially, you know, for me, I love me some Black Panther, but you have any... any Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale Station, okay. Super, super dope. What's your recommendation with that? It, it, great? Awesome? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say great. I would okay. say great. It's, okay. a, it's at that level. Um, well, it, I didn't know that's who this was, to be honest. So that yeah. that's awesome. All right, uh, cool. Well, Rachel Morrison, I think you crushed it. I think you crushed it. And written by John Favreau. Not surprised. He's doing them all, I'm assuming. I think, actually, I've read next week's episode. There's a co-writer involved. So we're going to get some more influence outside of Favreau soon. But we'll keep mentioning that. All right, let's get into it. First things first. First part of the episode. We are back on Tatooine in the midst of Bunta Eve celebrations as Pelimoto completely scams a Rodian to get some extra credits and Din Djarin finally arrives. 
Grogu pulls off a nice little Jedi leap. That was fantastic. Into Peli's arms before blabbering a good amount to her, which I thought was kind of a tease to the possibilities of him talking for a first time. I might add that. And then Din reveals why he's there, and that's to simply get the replacement IG memory circuit. Of course, that was like half the plot of last week's episode, so that was just a direct continuation. Now, breakdown here. Bunta Eve was an annual holiday and festival celebrated on the desert planet of Tatooine. It honors the rise, and this was news to me. This was just me researching it this week. It honors the rise of Bunta Hestelic Shadru to godhood. Apparently, this dude was a hut. Uh, never heard of this of course guy, he but was. I've definitely heard of Bunta Eve because young Annie mentions it in The Phantom Menace, but that's why they're doing this whole pod race. They're celebrating Bunta Eve. Now, the decision to have Pelimoto not get a filler for her missing tooth from the Book of Boba Fett absolutely fit perfectly with that character. And I gotta say, and then I'll pass it to you, Zach, I used to have problems with these frequent, quick, reliance visit to Tatooine. But I'm, I'm kind of to the point now where I recognize that Din Djarin trusts very few people. So I actually kind of accept any time that we are in a bind, he may go visit Pelimoto's shop. And that's really the big thing that I really want to talk to you about here. Going back to Tatooine, how did we feel about just kind of this initial quick check-in back at Pelimoto's? So for me, uh, so if you don't know who I am, I am I love Star Wars, but I am not a like avid watch everything guy like I'll, i've watched all the shows in terms of live action haven't really seen animated i've seen bad batch season one haven't even seen season two i'm gonna watch it though i will say it, i'm gonna it's watch picking it up it's picking up for sure you'll definitely I, I'm, check it out i'm definitely i think i'm gonna binge it i'll do the whole wait to the end and watch the whole thing but um i say all that to say when we opened up i i didn't even know if it was tattooing i gotta be honest with you. i was okay. just like oh okay where are we? Um, and then I saw like pod racing going on. I'm like, okay, this looks familiar. And then I see uh, Pelimoto. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Her again. <clears throat> but <laughs> it was short. It was quick. And I completely agree with you that um, I was getting kind of sick of like, why are we always going back to this freaking lady? But it is exactly what you said. Like she has come through time and time again for him. And he does not trust a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially with things like this. First of all, I mean, he used to hate droids. He, he still kind of hates them. So, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Like, yeah, like it, it's kind of nice to go back there. It's a familiar face. It was short. It was sweet. We got the Grogu moment of you know, oh wow, the fireworks and stuff. Very cool. Oh, that was great. And Grogu one hundred percent said a word that he one hundred percent talked. Think right so? There. You think yes. so? Yeah, man, I and thought it was still so, blabbering. <laughs> no, I think the whole episode today is to tell us that number one, yes, he has trained with Luke more than we thought. Mm-hmm. Number two, he is older than we think because yes, he's now walking around and flipping around and talking and like he's becoming his own character in that sense. And I freaking loved it so much. But oh, we'll yeah. see more of that coming up. For sure. I, the Tatooine thing, it's fine. Whatever. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, and, and again, I, I'm like that too. Like, I'm on board now. It, it just kind of lines up with the character, Din Djarin, for sure. Yeah. Well, continuing on here, Peli doesn't have the part he needs and offers up the infamous R5 astromech droid instead, but Din is not keen to the idea initially since he needs a droid for spelunking. I bolded that word here in our notes. 
I never heard of that word, but I absolutely love it. Like oh, that's probably going to make the uh, that's going to make the tweet that I send you know promote the podcast on Spelunky <laughs> this word. week or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, he needs a droid that has those capabilities to test Mandalore's atmosphere ahead of him. R five still acts scared when overhearing what Din Djarin is wanting to do, immediately taking me back to a new hope. But of course, Pelly swindles Din Djarin into purchasing. R5. Now, for me personally, I absolutely love seeing R5 getting a rightful utilization in live action outside of, you know, his horrible, cowarding ways in uh, A New Hope with Uncle Owen whenever Uncle Owen first purchases the thing. But I do have a storytelling criticism of this. It just throws me off with last week, man. I feel like last week was all about getting IG-11 back. Din Djarin couldn't do this mission without IG-11. So I don't understand the turn of events here to where Din Djarin's suddenly like, okay, r is good enough. Enlighten me, Zach. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was okay. like, well, what are we doing last week? <laughs> so the only like, and, and I was talking to my wife about this, the only like hiccup is maybe when he went to talk to Grief, maybe he didn't know IG-11 was like, even possibility like maybe he was just going to him to say i need a droid and then he saw ig11 and was like i need ig11 but i that's a, that's a that's grasping at straws to fi- figure out like why would he even go back to grief besides the fact that we get to see him again and see like this thriving city that he's built like i i gotta agree that yeah. i was like all right this is pretty weak plot stuff like if he just needed a droid just get a droid like right okay and then at the end of it he like uses the droid for one second and it's like ah, this is this is weak but i knew this r5 cat was special somehow yeah, i knew i had heard he of him or seen him but i was like all right you know i guess <laughs> he's supposed to be scaredy cat i don't know yeah he's um, a he's a scaredy but... cat droid that always freaks out under pressure for sure yeah for sure but now, hey, apparently... he came through Apparently he, he did come through. Apparently though they they've made a comic book line to kind of give this dude this dude this <laughs> droid <hilarious laughs> this droid some droid. glory and like hey. somehow his memory got wiped or something and he became this kind of goofy droid. But I don't know. I anyway. like that she called out like working with the rebellion and stuff. Yeah, that I was thought cool. that was cool. And, and that so. that's what connected to the to the comic mm. book line, I believe. But yeah, the the IG eleven thing. I still think it's gonna pay off, but it di- it does. Looking back on it, still feel like. Okay, we just maybe went with the safe move of going back to Navarro during the premiere. Yeah. But then today, another thing. I read a report from Bestman Bulletin that those pirates we saw in episode one are in Skeleton Crew. So that could have been another reason why they came up with a plot device to get mm. us to go there. And maybe that's what connects to Jude Law and, and those kid, the kids that he's going to end up and the, like, taking away. Whatever. The monster dude, pirate yeah, the, guy. Yeah. Davy Jones, Grinch. Yeah, the guy. Davy Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the IG Eleven stuff. Eh, it's it is what it is. It is what it is. It was great to get R five though, for sure. As as a yeah. massive Star Wars fan that I am, moving on here, we get the cool moment of Grogu looking out of the N one to see fireworks as Tatooine is celebrating Bunta. I do have to admit, I was really hoping for a celebration of Boba Fett's reign or something like that going down, but I enjoy the prequel connection of Bunta Eve, and I appreciate knowing in the back of my mind that all kinds of Tatooine raves and races, whether that be pod or Vespas, are going on. Shout out what to about the, the what, the what about the little shout out of, like, are you going after Boba Fett? 
That threw me well, off. Yeah, that that was, I was like that was interesting. I was like, why was would like, he go after? Yeah, I was like, fat. Oh, oh wait, <laughs> wait a minute. What? Interesting. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's point. not why I'm here. I didn't but... think about even mentioning that. Because <laughs> I was just hoping we got to get a Boba, Boba Fett, Fett in name drop. Form. I guess we did get him in some form. We got a name drop, but you know, physically, he'll be back. We're going back to Tatooine. Nah. Oh, okay, later season or another season of the Boba no, Fett. No, when they I mean. when we get to the end of this episode and I tell you what I think is going to happen, oh, that's where Boba Fett's going to okay. come. Okay, well, well, there's a tease to keep listening, folks. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> let's move on here in our episode. As Din and Grogu approach Mandalore, he reveals that he has never been on the planet himself and he actually grew up on the moon Concordia. So we're about to do a deep dive here because really a lot of this episode left is heavy Mandalore lore which i absolutely love concordia is a moon of the planet mandalore and it was previously governed by pre vizsla during the clone wars this moon was used as a hideout for the death watch which lines up with dinjarin growing up there then with him being a child of the watch even more interesting deep dive here after the mandalorian civil war Mandalore warriors were exiled on Concordia by the new Mandalorians and were presumed to have died out on this moon. Knowing that, it makes sense why this group of Mandalorians would form a cult, call the Death Watch, and be vengeful to return Mandalore to its old ways. It also makes sense that we have a larger group of Children of the Watch remaining in the galaxy compared to the new Mandalorians now because they were hiding out on Concordia during the Night of a Thousand Tears that we've seen in the flashback from the Book of Boba Fett. So just that small just detail of him saying, I, I grew up on Concordia, I've never actually been to Mandalore, kind of revealed so much as far as the state of Mandalorians in the galaxy at the moment. What are your thoughts on some of that lore deep dive? Because, you know, you mentioned earlier, maybe you, you don't see or read everything. So what are your yeah. thoughts on, on those I, things? I knew, I, first of all, just like base level of the show, I loved it because like, give me that, right? I want to know the lore. I want to know these details that we've never heard. And it shows me that Jon Favreau's thinking about all these things, which makes me happy. But on like a dad level, he's teaching Grogu how to like Ooh. figure out where he's at. Like yeah, that was cool. Hey man, if you're gonna be a Mandalorian, you gotta know your stuff. And we can if you know how to read a map, you'll never get lost. Mm -hmm. So it's like I loved that little moment. Obviously, Grogu isn't gonna know how to read maps and all that just from that sentence, but in a little capsule of a moment, he's showing us that he's starting to teach him his ways and and get him you know, in the mindset of a Mandalorian. And I yeah. love that. And like the fact that he's like, yeah, that's where I grew up. So like everything you just said, the watch, all that awesome. And then he's like, oh yeah. And over there is, um, where, Kevala. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, uh, Bo-Katan. Yeah. Bo-Katan. I kept thinking, uh, Vizsla. <laughs> so, um, that's where Bo-Katan's at. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember him saying like, it's in the same, uh, area of mandalore it's like it just kind of made it all click into place for me and i was like oh yeah. okay i get it like here here and then this is mandalore and he's never been there that's crazy mm -hmm. and it's just like it's it was a really cool like five second moment you know what i mean yeah like, very powerful and, and i'm glad you mentioned the whole teaching grogu the the mandalorian ways i think he even says that's our home planet to, to mm. Grogu. I think Maybe he, he does, actually. He uses he R, and I don't think he said that that's my home planet mm. or something like that. So very cool here that we're fully committing, and this is what makes the Book of Boba Fett stuff pay off. We're fully committing to Grogu wanting to now be a Mandalorian more so than a, 
Jedi. Now, I still think he's going to be both, obviously, but he's getting to learn both things. I think he's a Mandalorian with the Force. Hot take. I don't think yeah. he's a Jedi. I think he's a Mandalorian that uses the Force. But I like go ahead. that take. I li- no, I like that take a lot. That perfectly sums up exactly what I was thinking there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so we start breaking into the atmosphere. You can immediately see the planet has been crystallized, and Din shares that it has affected communications, so they won't be able to communicate off-world. Obviously, that sets up why a character has to do something later in the episode. Uh, Seeing Mandalore in this way took me back to Boba Fett's quote in the Season 2 finale saying the planet had been turned into glass, and it literally has. And so, when he said that in Season 2, I didn't really know what he meant. Uh, I was like, oh, how is Mandalore now glass? That's kind of weird. If it got bombed, wouldn't it just be a bunch of rubble? But no, he's legit. It's just this poisonous crystallized i don't know location well, they think it's poisonous right they think they think right? it is they think it is but then, i don't even remember boba fett saying that so i'm so glad that you remember oh i if any, for some reason that dialogue stuck with me I don't know <laughs> if it's the way tamara morrison just delivered it probably he's it, good it was great it was great r5 so we get to the to the land here r5 is sent out to test the atmosphere but its signal is lost so Din has to get out, leaving worried Grogu in the N1 all alone. When Din gets to the ruins, we see three creatures attack him, and he ignites the Darksaber for the first time this season, and he's clearly getting a little bit better. He's still struggling a bit, especially compared to some characters, or specifically one character later in this episode. But regardless, he's getting a little bit better. What were your thoughts on this little initial action with the Darksaber in Season 3? <sighs> I thought it was a little clunky. Really? Okay. I, I so the reason I say that I by felt design like we, or by like flaw. But no, so the this like the idea is fine. Okay. But I just thought it was way too long. Okay. Like we waited for the droid. Oh, oh he's scared and he's rolling, 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 and oh oh no, he's off the radar. <laughs> Who would have thought? I gotta get out. Like I just thought it was way clunky in that sense. Okay. I got I'm you. cool with him like I liked the story beat of like, oh, there's these things living down here. What are they? And what's he looking at? Like, what's the city and the place? And like, you know, I thought all that was great. I just meant like the execution, I guess, of it was was a little clunky for me. I just was like, all right, what are we doing here? Because you know what's going to happen. The little droid's going to have to go away. He's going to have to help. And then he's going to say, oh, it's a fine. You don't have to wear your mask or whatever like you know what's gonna happen right so that's why i was like all right come on now come on yeah. but uh all that being said i thought it was a great scene i loved him using the dark saber i love that he still hasn't figured it out like he still is struggling with Definitely it a little hasn't. bit um and the fact that this planet is livable i assume like makes all the lore people go crazy in the sense of mm-hmm. like Oh, there could be so many Mandalorians still on this place or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um I thought that was really cool and and all the lore stuff was great. It was yeah. just the the timing and the execution of it. Sure. Cuz these these episodes are short, man. They They're are. Short. They are. This one I was felt, a little longer. You know, but... while you're while you're talking on that though, I feel like the 45 minute that this one hit, I feel like that might be the Mandalorian sweet spot, honestly. Mm. Uh but the the shorter than that yeah, it, yeah, it, no, it definitely I feels like a disappointment. I agree. This one, I actually felt, I it's crazy what that like extra ten or five minutes can do. But I just felt like it was a more complete story. Yeah, for sure. Where we had no like doubt. a beginning, middle, end. Where like mm-hmm. last week, I felt like we 
peeked open the curtain and then closed it real quick. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely agree. You know, and I, then like, you know, we, we're in this HBO world where you have hour, hour goodness. 15 yeah. long episodes where you're getting whole movies as an uh-huh. episode. Uh, it's hard to watch Pedro in the Last, Last of Us, Us. Yeah. and then watch him here in his 30 minutes. You're like, ah. Mm-hmm. But to, like you said, you made a great point. You know, 45 minutes, that was great. Like, yeah. made a big, big difference to me. For sure. Now, you mentioned something there that made me think here. You know, Din Djarin is able to put his helmet on, and regardless of what the atmosphere was like, he was able to seal it off. How come these Child of the Watch people haven't taken advantage of the fact that they never take their helmets off and they haven't tripled down on Mandalore already? Yeah, like, no, I, this I is didn't... our place. This is our I place. I not to think it. about that. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's really convenient that this helmet <laughs> has like some sort of air sealing ability yeah. that he can ha- he can breathe through. Uh-huh. Because all I could think about was like, well, then why ain't everybody there? <laughs> but I guess it's this 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 myth this curse right. of mandalore that there's concern of. for sure like no one has the cojones to go down and test 100%, 100%. it 100 um, percent. and of and course so, you would have to take a ton of bathroom breaks on like a ship or something because you know you can only go one place i guess you can only go on a ship to take your helmet off so you would have to take turns as far as eating you can't go yeah. somewhere and hide to take your helmet off because they that, can't do that i mean like <laughs> it's not really sustainable but it is star wars where people right. fly around and like we have aliens <laughs> and stuff so Sure, it can be, but we, we have. I don't want to speak. Yeah, I don't want to derail the on episode. that. <laughs> exactly, it's like it's one of those things where I was like, "Oh, that's convenient," but then I moved on immediately. Yeah, right. Like, I didn't even think about it. So. All right, so you alluded to R five being knocked over, so we've already hit that. Probably out mm-hmm. of fear, if I had to guess, he probably didn't oh, yeah. even get touched. <laughs> I was gonna say first, like, why would those things not just destroy him? Probably because it was like, like no concern. <laughs> I guess I, I didn't think about that. I was just thinking like, wouldn't this dude be like? just mush of metal <laughs> with these big creatures. But yeah. you're probably right that he just went, ah, and then like, that was it. He's like, I'm probably. dead. I'm dead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, R5 does end up serving as his, it's hers. Yep. I don't know what, yep. what it's purpose. What R5 is it's purpose. The, in the fact that the atmosphere is breathable, that gives the opportunity for Din and Grogu to explore. And this was done in an excellent way. As far as Din Djarin using the jetpack and, and Grogu hovering, that was just oh, gold. So good. So, Great. It appears during this exploration that some of the locations seen on Mandalore in the Clone Wars series could be made out, specifically the meeting location of Darth Maul and the Crime Lords, so that was a really cool tip-of-the-cap moment to animation fans. Zach, you probably didn't even catch on that, though, but still, regardless, that was really cool for those of us that have seen the Clone Wars, but again, this is another example of it's, it's good that that we as Clone Wars or animation fans can really enjoy that kind of Easter egg, but it doesn't affect Zach or it didn't take else away like at all. That. Yeah, that that's yeah. when it's done perfectly. So Correct. we'll keep moving on there, unless you have anything to say about the cute hovering abilities there. No, no, no. I was just like, yeah, use your jetpack. Get yeah. rid of the freaking cape, dude. Get rid of it. Like it's like it's so it annoys me that it like goes down and like over his <laughs> to, the side. to the side. Man, I kind of like it. Get rid of the cape, dude. Or like split it down the middle so it like comes down both sides. I just think no, it looks that would so look goofy. <laughs> it looks so goofy. It's just like hanging over the side. Like, dude, you don't need it. You're cool. Fair enough. But I get Fair it. Enough. He's he's Mando. He needs his cape. Baby. Yeah, he does. He does. It's just the look, man. It's just the look. Yeah. As they're exploring, Din finds the old Mandalorian helmet we've seen heavily in marketing, and he suddenly gets scooped up by a robotic massive crawler, but Grogu hides to the side. 
Do we believe, this was just a random question I had as I was thinking of that, do we, do we believe this helmet is an indication of this robotic crawler killing Mandalorians whenever they come in, or is this a sign of the demise of the Mandalorian people from the Night of a Thousand Tears? I think it's the latter. I think it's I think it's the latter. Yeah, this helmet's just in ashes. I think he's killing them over in this thing, so, yeah. in his little lair or whatever, so. What were your immediate impressions of this robotic crawler? I was like, thingy? what, what are we, what happened, <laughs> like, what is this? I thought I was so just too. Like, it was so weird. What in the world? <laughs> I, am I watching Mandalorian? What is this? And then like, it's like so Transformers I've, there. For I've a actually second. watched this episode a couple times because I watched it and then I watched it with my wife. She loves the show, by the way. That's like a whole nother yeah accomplish or accomplishment by the show. Mm -hmm. But um, so I've watched it a few times, and at first I was like, "This is dumb." Second watch, I was like. This actually works for me. And let yeah. me explain myself okay. just for a second. Let's hear it. So the my my reaction is how I just reacted, where I was like, this is what or what is this? Like what so you're telling me like Mandalorian, this dude who survived everything is gonna let this happen to him. And then I was like, Well, this thing, I assume, you correct me if I'm wrong, was like designed for this type of deal. Is that correct? I'm assuming so, yeah. That's the vibes I got. That this thing was designed to like Venus flytrap people. Oh, it yeah. already had the little stabber thing. And so I was like, okay, this makes way more sense that that Mando would get like taken down by this thing, right? Because if Grogo mm -hmm. wasn't there, he did. Yeah. So it has to be pretty serious for Mando not to be able to handle it. And um, so that kind of rubbed me weird. But again, the second watch, I noticed all the little things it was doing to him right, to right. like drug him or whatever. And so it yeah. worked a lot more for me. And then we get what we're about to get into with Grogu. And yeah, it just it well, really worked for me the second time. Initially, I was like, what the heck is this and why is it on Mandalore? But when the, the droid initially comes out of the crawler, I got this eerie sense. And I was like, okay, this works. I like it because I, I just immediately the stakes were raised with the way that the droid or whatever the crawl. I don't know what, however it was designed. It worked yeah. for me and, and it created that kind of emotion in me. So I enjoyed that. And then when it shows the detail of the eye, I'm starting, I'm like going wild here. This is totally wild. Why is he, why is this droid pulling, extracting blood from Din Djarin? Like, is it somehow this species that all that's left is this eye and it's trying to get back to, to like mm. its full self? I don't know. Completely wild. But nonetheless, I ended up kind of enjoying it, even though it was initially very jarring because I was not expecting to see something, something like that at all. But well, I, I thought that thing was supposed to be like, designed for this night of a thousand tears like it was okay. designed like to take Empire him down tank. yeah that's what i uh, okay. that's how i interpreted it i expected us to get on here today and you go yeah that's the blah 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 from the blah 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 <laughs> but is that not the case then no I, i've never heard it or seen it before there Interesting. May, maybe there maybe there's something out there but i didn't even think to look to see if this was something that Interesting. was see i just thought tech. i assumed that it was just like part of this massacre and it was designed to kill mandalorians that's why yeah. I did it so easily. Hmm. So I, I don't know. But e either way, it ended it up working been. for me. Yeah. And that thing is really freaking creepy with the little eyeball. Yes, um, it is. And I, like, I really felt like he was a threat. Like, mm -hmm. I really felt like it was a threat. So I thought for it was sure. well done. 
For sure. Well, you, you alluded to it. Grogu attempts to save him using the Force, but he is noticed, and Din instructs him to go get Bo-Katan. Grogu eventually gets to the ship, defeating one of the creatures, and instructs R5 to fly him to Kelvala. Giving Grogu his own little side quest here played so well for me. This may have been the best... Well, <laughs> I digress. There's definitely a better moment for me. We'll get to that. This this was the best plot-moving-forward device, though, of this episode because I like the fact that we're getting this character development of seeing him clutch up and do the things that have to get done in these moments and not being utilized as simply just a cute little guy for, admittedly, to get non-Star Wars nerds to enjoy the show. Admittedly, that's what Grogu does for a lot of people, but it was nice to see him kind of move the plot forward and actually get something done, which he he's totally that thing, totally that cute guy, but Again, I just really enjoyed this fact that he got something done for Din Djarin, and I hope this is an indication that Grogu is going to continue to have more to do and to help Din Djarin get missions done. What did you think of Grogu's little quick but effective side quest here? I loved it so much, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. I didn't even consider this, that he would be able to, like, go on his own and like do things and save Mando. Cause that's what he does here. Like, don't get it twisted. Like he is the reason that Mandalore that then is still alive. Like yep. that's, that's pretty big. And I would have never guessed that that happened, especially in episode two, that he can go all on his own, get to the place. That's the whole reason we have a droid on the ship. <laughs> yeah. But sure. I digress. Um, it's not about the whole air thing. It's about, (laughs) he needs someone to pilot the ship. Yeah. However, um, even though I knew all of that while watching, I was like, okay, he's going to get back to the ship. The thing's going to take him to her. I get it. It was so good. I loved it so much. And I loved the little dragon thing coming after him, like the little side quest and the side quest. Like I loved that (laughs) because if you, I watched it again and they're eyeing each other when they go by the first time. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that that happened. And, um, R5 kind of saves him. Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, I, I just loved all of it. I love that Grogu can do things on his own. I didn't even consider it as a possibility. I want more of that. Give me more of Grogu learning the ways of the Mandalorian, coming into his own. Like, yeah. if all that starts to happen, oh, this could be so good. You were, uh, talking there about you know the 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 dog the dog dragon side quest yeah, thing yeah, yeah. i forgot you know while we were watching it legit in the moment my wife says well that would be a really cool disney ride to be like in grogu's pod and oh, like go 100%. through the mines of mandalore and you have all these dog dragons flying at and you're you like and going up you're like and hovering down up and, and down that would be fantastic and then it's that's how it ends you get in the ship and the like ship r5 and flies you off, off. Yeah. that'd be great yeah. I, yeah. I would love that idea, but anyway, it, it was World. definitely definitely a cool moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as Grogu arrives at Bo-Katan's castle, she says, let's get rid of him once and for all. But once she realizes it's just Grogu, she takes yeah. Grogu and R5 back to Mandalore aboard her ship. Knowing where she is going, we get the shot of seeing Sindari blown up below. That was absolutely phenomenal. Now, a couple of things here. We're definitely going to get back to that quote from Bo-Katan for sure. One thing that I that I thought of as I was watching this is the is Bo-Katan's castle. I didn't really have a chance to kind of talk about this with somebody last week being the only one on the podcast, but just for some reason I'm so in love with this this location and I see absolutely no reason why 
the Mandalorians can't just rebuild and create their foundation here. And I, they obviously have this this castle to kind of, you know, the symbolism is necessary for this culture, obviously. They need this place to put their Mandalore higher on a mantle. And this place is beautiful. It's stunning. It's got everything they need. What do you think of, of Bo-Katan's castle? I mean, it's a sick place, but it ain't home. You know what I mean? Like it, it ain't. But home's crystallized, it, man. <laughs> it ain't Mandalore. It don't matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they, I hate to say this, but like they're almost cult level. Like the whole race is like it's fair. Le- that level of like obedience to Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So like nothing's gonna be good enough. Nothing. Okay. And so, so you think the end game of the show then is to fully just Mandalore's reclaimed and back to its glory? Yeah. Maybe not back to its glory, but they're gonna try. Um, okay. I now we that's... we've still seen this shot in the trailer. I don't know if you if you know what I'm talking about here, but there's this grassy surface surrounded by like these domes. It's almost like a half dome compared to what Sundari used to be. I don't know what's going on there, and I'm still trying to figure it out. We've seen a lot of shots from the trailer now. At just this about point. to say that, like, dude, we've seen like 90 percent of the trailer. There's a lot. Point. It's really Which I'm, stuff. I love. With like, that's awesome. That makes Carson, me happy. Carson Teva. Dr. Pershing, Coruscant, or, or wherever that the New Republic place is at. Mm-hmm. Going back to the cave where the armor is, because we see Din Djarin walking out of that cave and, and looking out, which, of course, I, I shared, I think it was a, was it a, no, it was on the podcast last week. I shared a theory on that, how it, it could be Grogu taking the creed, which would be wild. There's, there's still some things to be seen, but yeah, a lot of stuff from the trailer has been, has been covered. But let's talk about this quote. As far as Bo-Katan saying, let's get rid of him once and for all. Uh, were you thinking that she was wanting to kill Din Djarin there or just really take it to that next level and say, look, quit bugging me. I'm done. Get out of here. I don't want to see you again or I will get rid of you officially. I took it as she was about to go pull a gun on him. Oh, that's man. how I That's how I took it. Because I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh what? <laughs> like, golly, that's harsh. But then I was like, oh, I mean, I, I guess it, like go get him, you know. I don't yeah. know, but um, I, that surprised me, and it, I wouldn't say it took me out, but I just was so like it was so aggressive. I was like, oh, yeah, golly, like for what? Like I don't understand. Um, yeah. but I get you know got the whole dark saber thing going on, mm-hmm. and I understand that maybe they were playing on that, but for me, I just took it as like, whoa, what? And then immediately she's like, I told you to stay away. And right. it's like, all right, maybe I was wrong. I, yeah. I took it well, too much. Well, I think it's just that the show is trying to get the viewer to see the possibility of Bo-Katan flipping and being the villain. And I think that's why they probably use that very aggressive dialogue there. I don't yeah. think she would, she would, obviously she wasn't going to kill Din Djarin if he was there because then we wouldn't have a show. But, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but still. <laughs> that, that threw me off there for a second because I was like, wait a second, are we already to that level where you're about to go toe to toe with this dude? And definitely by the uh, end of this episode, I, I think there's, we're the opposite spectrum potentially as far as yeah. what, what's going between Bo Katan and, and Din Djarin. In terms but of again, her castle, get there. <laughs> talking about her castle, yeah, that's so weird to me. Like she's just always sitting in this chair. <laughs> well, that's that's with any any thrones, right? It's so thrones. weird. <laughs> well, there's like no one around, like ever. Like she's there's no council to talk to spot. her. Or like, <laughs> what do you do? You just sleep there, or like, girl, go get some air. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I I, I that's so weird to me. So I'm just yeah. so happy we got her out of that stupid chair and doing something. 
and and I, so I'll go ahead and kind of lead us into the next yeah, thing. Yeah, do it. Do where it. Where Grogu is saying, you know, um, hey, he doesn't actually say anything because I'm like, right. oh, like what's what? How how are they going to do this? But she literally realizes it's just Grogu. She says, oh, what happened? Like she immediately switches, and this is when I knew, like, okay, I was exaggerating. Like she's not going to kill him. She's probably mm-hmm. just going to like teach him a lesson but she immediately like oh no what happened like let like what do i need to do and so she looks at grogu she's like he gonna help me give me r5 give me his information where were they let's go find them and i loved it from this point on the episode goes to like level a million for me um it was as soon as bo-katan got involved is when i was like okay sign me up and i could i I can't believe that that's the case. Like Mm. I didn't realize like how good of a character she is because again, I don't have all this backstory with her that everyone else does. that know the lore to me. I know her from the last season, you know what Mm. I mean? And so immediately she makes a huge difference on the show and her little interactions with Grogu on the ship when they're flying. So they get this, the astromech information, they go on there. All right, we're going to go save him. Uh, she gets the information. She's looking at Grogu, and what does she say to him? She says something like "sneaky" to him. Um, dang, I can't remember. I can't remember on the ship. But, yeah, where like Grogu doesn't say anything, but you know, she says something to him, like gives him a little smirk. She's a little cocky, by the way. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. That's Bo. That's Bo-Katan for sure. She's a little cocky. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, you know, calm down, don't, don't get too cocky on me. But then she goes in here, so she. Grogu, they get the same scene, right? Where yeah. they're they're falling down together. Yeah, it was great. Then, that was great too. And she's talking to him. It's all exposition. It's all for me, the dumb, <laughs> you know, live action guy. Live Tell action. Tell me only. your backstory of princess and your father was a good guy and all this stuff. I thought that was amazing. And when I fell in, this is when I fell in love with her. Okay. okay. She doesn't say anything. Uh huh. And she just pushes Grogu pushes, off to the oh, side. Oh, yeah, that was great. I was just like, <laughs> all right, all right, she's amazing. Like, come on, what's she about to do? And like, Because you see, like, the little things going on, and you're like, okay, she knows what she's doing. Uh-huh. And then she immediately, no questions asked, boom, 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 starts popping it on the top. They come yeah. down. She murks all of them. And then she turns to Grogu and says, you didn't think your dad was the only man in the Lorian? I was just like. All right, yeah, sign me up. There's sign that, me that up. cockiness that you alluded to. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. She loves talking I, that talk, but she backs it up for sure. Dude, <laughs> I loved that little moment so much. Yeah. I loved it so much because it just summed her up in my mind of like her character. She is like quippy and cocky, but she's mm-hmm. great. Like she can back it up. And tell me if I'm wrong and all that. But no, you're definitely. What, what, not what wrong. were your thoughts about her with going with Grogu and flying and no, saving I, him and stuff? I thought it was great. I, I loved the banter back and forth between the two. It almost kind of seemed there for a while that she could understand what he was saying. Like I kind of got those vibes there for a minute. I was like, how, how is this possible? What's going on? But uh, maybe it was just her kind of reading between the lines. You know, I mean, you know how it is. And, and now I know how it is. I have conversations with my four-month-year-old son, and and he can't speak sentences or anything. But somehow I feel like I know what he's saying. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of feel like that. 
I feel like that's what's going on there. But yeah, all of these moments were great. I loved her kind of questioning about Grogu's Jedi background, and I really thought there for a second that maybe that's where we would have gotten the Order 66 flashback that we've seen in trailers, but I'm glad we haven't seen that yet because we got to have something to be looking forward to because now they've, they're running through this, this series or season so far breakneck pace as far as connecting to what we've seen in trailers so I'm glad that they're saving that but I also I think it was the last moments before they get to Din Djarin I liked her little tease of if those I think the creatures are Olamites is what I have in in my notes Mm -hmm. if those creatures are still alive I wonder what else is still alive and immediately for me I I was like okay um, Mythosaur, one thousand percent. That's what you're alluding to. I didn't. I don't know if we're going to see it by the end of the episode, but that's what that's what we're getting at here. That's what. See, we're I didn't even. Here I, for sure. I didn't even know what that was. First I knew all. it as soon as soon as she said it. I was like, okay. I thought she just met her people. So yeah. I was like, oh, her people are still some some people of her people are still living. That's how yeah. I took it. I didn't take it as this Mythosaur is still alive. But mm-hmm. keep, keep going. Keep going. Okay. Well, we end up getting to Dincharin. And this is where, the, again, it just, the, the episode skyrockets. Yeah. Arrives to Din, where the droid is now, of course, we alluded to it already, extracting blood from him. She picks up the Darksaber off the ground to fight the droid. The droid gets inside the crawler, and Bo-Katan officially takes it out with that Darksaber in hand. Now, Bo handles this Darksaber very easily here, which, if you're a non-Clone Wars viewer, trust me that it totally lines up. She has wielded the Darksaber before, and she obviously is very knowledgeable of the weapon, given her past things like that that we'll definitely dive deeper into as she's conversating with Din Djarin. But my question here, this scene, and I don't really feel like it's a question. I feel like this is 1,000% what they got going on here. I feel like this scene really occurred to get the viewer thinking of, should Din Djarin really be the guy having this Darksaber? Because she's pretty awesome with it. What do you think, Zach? I took it as this used to be hers. That's how I took it. Like I I took it as like, okay, we know, uh, uh, Gideon. Is that his name? Moff Gideon. Yeah, yeah. We knew he had it. Sometime before him, she had it. Like Mm -hmm. that's what this scene told me. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it is. Um. Okay. So like, it showed me like, okay, you thought she was amazing and could handle herself. Mm -hmm. This proves now like. No, she like is the goat. Like she's yeah. the she is the Mandalorian. She is that guy, pal. That yeah, that like <laughs> needs to be willed in this thing. Uh huh. But then I thought like it, it just gave so many questions and levels to me that I absolutely loved without even saying anything. Like she picks this thing up and I knew what she's gonna do. She mm-hmm. starts whipping this thing around like it's <laughs> nothing. And we just saw then clumsily barely kill these dudes yep first of all she takes them all out quickly just want to point that out Very and then so then she takes this thing out twice with mm-hmm. the uh dark saber which i just want to throw something out there again she didn't kill the little head thing again she just killed the big thing the mm-hmm. little head is in there still so that yep. twisted me a little bit <laughs> but i digress i don't care um there's just a little point like oh get the get the little thing and she didn't but uh, we immediately, you know, skip ahead where Din sees her. It fades out. We wake up. Yeah. There. Um, I thought that was a great call by the director. Like, I don't Good need pacing. to see her. Good yeah, pacing. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to see all that. Just, uh, okay, I'm awake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I loved that that call. But yeah. um, go ahead. Well, well, there, 
they're now the trio now that after Bo-Katan is saved in Jaren, they've ascended back to the city remains. Bo-Katan questions if she was right by saying Mandalore wasn't cursed because it is now in ruin, informing non-Clone Wars and Rebels viewers that she once ruled the planet briefly. Bo-Katan gives Din pog soup and roasts Din for never having it before. I absolutely love that little dialogue exchange between them. Uh, Din stands by following the Creed rules because without them, he isn't sure what Mandalorians would be, and he refuses to leave with Bo-Katan because he still needs to find the living waters, and Bo-Katan decides to show him the way. I really, obviously I question the, I guess the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The desire to be so by the book, by the the, the children of the watch. Like the obsession? Yes, but I respect Din Djarin so much for him being so about his beliefs. And like, look, I appreciate you, Bo, for saving me, but I still have to do this. And then I also, on the flip side, appreciate Bo respecting that and helping him take those next steps. So let's actually then go ahead and get into this this part of the episode. This is where it really starts getting juicy. Bo reveals that what she really hates is her people continuing to fight with one another and that it's no wonder the Empire was so easily able to destroy the planet. She gives an interesting backstory regarding her family and how they were treated like royalty. She went through the creed herself and the mines as a child for spectacle, making her father proud. She believes her father was a great man who died defending Mandalore. This makes Din stop in his tracks and say... This is the way. Now, Bo-Katan saying that she hates her people being divided has me questioning if there's any possibility of her doing this whole thing of taking the creed yet again to just mend the relationship with the Children of the Watch to get Mandalore back to reclaim its glory. That's an idea that I have. I don't know if we're there yet, but maybe it's something that the show is trying to do to get us thinking. Do you have any thoughts on that? That idea. Oh, one hundred percent. That entire conversation tells me that she's gonna eventually accept this creed, you this idea. So? Yeah. Well, at least that's just my take. Is like, yeah. well, it's it's definitely a possibility because sure. the way she looks at Din every time he like stands up for what he believes in, mm-hmm. and and it's admiration. She she yeah, but and also like I know I don't even know if you call them human beings, whatever they are, they're Mandalorians. They're obsessed with their yeah. culture. And what more is their culture than having this obsession with this creed, this idea, this this philosophy, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that I would hate to say that like his this this cult that he's in, or whatever they call him, the zealots, um of of the this is the way people. I don't know what you call them, but mm-hmm. um like I think this is opening her mind the same way there was this facade, this mist about Mandalore. I'm sure there's this facade and mist about these people that he considers himself to be a part of. Right. Right. So she's seeing the benefits of like this obsession, this love, this passion, this faith. It's a faith, honestly. It is. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love those little moments like where she says, you know, oh, he died defending Mandalore and he immediately just turns there and says, this Stops. is the way. Shows respect. And she, yeah. and she, you know, she like looks at him and is just like, right. wow. Taken and then, by it. then she then she comes back to being herself and she looks at Grogu and is like, <laughs> what are you looking at? Or whatever. 
Um, I love that yeah. moment, by the way. Uh, I thought that was really cool, like her personality. Like she doesn't want to show that emotion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, but this entire conversation, fascinating. Loved it so much. Her and Din are amazing together. Uh, definitely some sexual tension going on. Um, like I usually don't sign up for these nah, internet dude, it was shippings. Palpable. But this is this one. I'm I'm all for. I'm all palpable. For. And then it's it, you know, especially in this next scene we're about to talk about, it yeah. is you can you can see the waves. Like right. she is falling for this dude. Like, <laughs> just because, like, literally. <laughs> well, frankly, like, Din represents. In my mind, what a Mandalorian is. Mm. You know, he's faithful. He's loyal. He's um, capable. Mm-hmm. He's responsible. All of these things that Mandalorians say they are or that yeah. people say they can be, I feel like he is literally all those things. Mm-hmm. And so if you imagine, you know, what she's seen, what she's been through, man, the word Mandalorian doesn't mean what it means to Din. Right. Hmm. And so she's seeing that personified and she's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, like I, I just loved I loved all that. Go ahead. Yeah. No, not, it, it's great stuff. The, the interactions between these two are absolutely phenomenal. Now, I did put here in my notes um, her stating that the family was viewed as royal immediately made me liken them to the British royal family, mm. which makes me want a Disney Plus drama series similar to The Crown. Only call it House Crees. That would be absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Sign me up for that. I don't I, think Disney Plus would ever go to that level as far as just the brutality, I guess. Not brutality. The Crown's not brutal, but it's definitely more adult-themed for sure. Yeah. I would it's just... Adult. I, now that we're getting all this Mandalore lore... Yeah. I just see so much potential for like a Old Republic prequel show focused only on the planet of Mandalore just to get a better understanding of its politics and its leaders, its dukes, its duchesses and, and all what, of that What were your stuff. vibes when they're flying over it? I assume in the Clone Wars or whatever you get to see like Mandalore or popping before oh, it was all destroyed. Oh, so like yeah. when they're flying over, were you all like, oh, look at the city. It's destroyed. This is sad. Oh, yeah, definitely. When okay. I, well, of course, we saw that with, uh, I think the first trailer showed the ruins oh, of Sindari. Maybe. So yeah, the the emotion the emotions that I went through seeing that I had already experienced watching the trailer. Oh, okay. So it yeah. didn't really like whenever I saw it in this episode, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I will say, no, trust me, um, that happened eight months ago. That happened eight th- months ago. <laughs> that's one hundred percent on the uh, uh, stagecraft or whatever they call it. What do they call it volume. The volume. Yeah. Um, that's one hundred percent on the volume. I thought it looked incredible, Keller. Like, I thought that looked the most real I've ever seen the volume, the volume look. The yeah. fact that the ship has, like, little flapping parts mm-hmm. on it, and you have the perspective of the ship flying, and it's stationary, and you see that, like, you're flying over. The... I thought it looked so good. It did. It I thought it believable. looked amazing. It, yes. Yeah. It like, I was great. like, whoa, that looks sick. So yeah, sorry. I wanted to go back to the ship scene. I meant to yeah, bring no. it up then because no, I, for some that reason, kind of glanced so over. So cool. Um, yeah, it did. It but, did. Yeah. You know what? And that reminds me of something here. <laughs> Screw you, IGN. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Zach. No. IGN gave the episode a five out of ten because they oh, couldn't I did see because it. it was dark. It, all right, if you're listening screw to this you, podcast, IGN. What is that? 
I'm calling out the listeners here. If you're listening to this and you think it's too dark and that's your complaint, I don't know what to tell you. Fix your TV. I've seen it. Turn I've on seen it TV on Game first. of Thrones. Turn I've it on. I've seen it on <laughs> number two, <laughs> like House of the Dragon. People complaining about the darkness, and this level was 150 times brighter <laughs> it, than it those was. episodes. <laughs> so, like that, I did not even consider that being a thing. Like it's too dark. I know, but. Well, and another thing, too, even in the too dark House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones episodes, they're not giving it a 5 out of 10 for it. Like, what is that trash? Absolutely trash. That, that may be actually... A, that, I lost a lot of respect that for IGN with that one. <laughs> Whoever reviewed that and put that in the headline, yeah. like, oh, it's too dark to see anything. A 5? What? <laughs> yeah. Cringeworthy. I, Cringe yeah, that, that blew my mind. I was like, get that reviewer out. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, you lost your credentials. For sure. For sure. But well, go ahead. Yeah, that I was did bananas. Mention, I did want to mention, I did some research, because I didn't know this. It, it may have been mentioned in Clone Wars, but it's just been so long since I've watched it. Bo-Katan's father's name is Adane, something like that. Adane, A-D-O-N-A-I. Okay. So, cool connection there. Quick history lesson regarding him. Adane was killed during the Great Clan Wars. Add another Mandalorian war to the list, I might add. There's so many of them. Uh, While defending Mandalore, this death led to Bo-Katan's older sister, Satine, to become the Duchess of Mandalore, which led to Bo-Katan joining the Death Watch for a while because she believed they should take pride in Mandalorian history while Satine wanted to create this new Mandalore. Bo-Katan ended up leaving the Death Watch once it joined arms with with Darth Maul and Savage Opress, leading to her being more aligned with Satine and leading to the character that we now kind of see in this Mandalorian show. So definitely wanted to add that background for those that listen to us that haven't necessarily seen the Clone Wars or know more so about uh, Bo's background there. So they officially get to the mines where there's a plaque on the wall giving backstory to the first Mandalore. The quotes on the wall say the following. These mines date back to the age of the first Mandalore. According to ancient folklore, the mines were once a mythosaur lair. Mandalore the Great is said to have tamed the mythical beast. It is from these legends that the skull signet was adopted and became the symbol of our planet. Now, I gotta admit, I found that, as far as it being up on the wall, extremely funny. Because it reminds me, I don't know if other states have this, but here in Tennessee, we have these random location marks as far as significant history marks just throughout the state. And I immediately was like, okay, that that's kind of goofy that we got that going on in Star Wars, but it, it served the plot, so it was okay. <laughs> oh, no, I thought it worked perfectly. The reason I thought it worked perfectly is because she gives the quip of let me give you the full tour. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. like they're tourists. Like <laughs> I I loved I loved her little quip and it immediately made it okay for me. Okay. Cuz I was like I get it this is all exposition but it worked for yeah. the world because of how she described it. For and sure. because of what we're about to see apparently. Yeah, well, in this the next moments for some reason this hit me on an emotional level and I didn't expect it at all. But Din recites the creed as he gets in the waters, but he is suddenly taken down. Bo-Katan immediately leaps in after him. Now, it's, I think it's the music. I, I watched it on a second playback. Dude. It's like the Mandalorian theme, but it's more, and I hate it's to more say this, it's, it's more like Game of Thronesy soundy. 100%. It's more like, it's more airy. It has more thickness to it. Yeah. It's more just in your body. Mm-hmm. And it's also the cinematography. 
of just showing his feet getting into the water as he it, it was almost like I don't want to get biblical, but it was almost like this like like this idea of a Christ type oh, yeah, where he's like going down into the water. I, I just, think that's by design. So I think dude, we naturally I think we need to talk about the biblical well, it just connections works. there for sure. Like yeah, like nothing about the Bible. It just like that tied those together to this this holiness of the water, right? Mm-hmm. Of of the creed and him finally getting to where he can abolish for his sins, whatever you believe in, like that's basically what he's doing, right? Is yeah. he's, he's baptizing himself in the water. Mm-hmm. And I like almost started crying. I thought it was like so powerful, dude. Yeah, the fact was. he strips everything off, well, mm-hmm. obviously besides his armor, he strips his all the other stuff like. off. <laughs> Bingo. And he looks goofy without a cape. So I immediately was like, <laughs> I take back what I said. He looks dumb. He, <laughs> he, he looks look like a goofy. tin man. Um, so leave the cape on, Dan. <laughs> if the listeners like only watch the first half, they're like, God, this dude doesn't like the cape. But I come back. See, if I got to keep listening. That's all right. Where's, I'll clip it. <laughs> yeah, wear the cape. Um, but it, it, I'll do the whole thing where it's, you know, like SpongeBob three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> wear the cape. Don't leave the cape. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely loved this, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I, it hit me so emotionally hard. And the fact that it zooms in on Bo-Katan, dude. like, during this, so well done. Another See, little directorial thing. It's because... Yeah. I just found out she's a cinematographer, mm-hmm. so she gets it. That's mm-hmm. why those were so good. It's because we're not focusing like any typical director would just have like a wide shot of him just walking into the water and being, you know, whatever. Yeah. But no, we got the quick zoom ins of him and then his face and then his feet getting down in the water as we hear the voiceover and then yeah. not worrying about him. And the music. We, <laughs> oh, and the music. Yes, yes, yes. The music was just amazing. And then like. But we don't focus on him. We focus on her. And it just, yeah. oh, so good, well, dude. And and I know you caught on to this earlier, but it was at this moment when it focused in on her where I was like, okay. Yes. Either, either Bo-Katan's just really enjoying this, I guess, just it's just a cultural, impactful moment. So it's mm-hmm. it, she's just really enjoying kind of that coming home sense of what's going down here. But number two is at this moment where it's like, okay. I think she's starting to feel what, what Din Djarin's putting down here just a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, dude. I think it's all of those levels. I think it's like a it's like a cultural just shakeup of, of yeah. being like, whoa. It's like, like she I, felt yeah. pride in being a Mandalorian. Exactly. Well, because she's been making a joke of this the entire mm-hmm. time. He's told her multiple times, I got to get to the living waters. And she's like, the living waters? Why would you want to do that? Yeah. All right. You ain't thanking me yet. I'll take you there or whatever. <laughs> and then she gets there and sees this just heavy moment. And she's yeah. just like, whoa, like mm-hmm. this is what it means to have yeah. a creed, to be faithful, to be like all those things I said earlier. Like it was just this coming of episode moment where it's like everything's coming together. She, it's clicking for her. Like yeah. maybe this, this zealots and these fanatics are not too crazy maybe yeah. like like there's there's definitely and see this is this is my struggle because i know how the death watch is like i know because the children of the watch is kind of basing a lot of their things off the death watch that is definitely too extreme as far as like being the the right way to be mandalorian no doubt so i do think that 
there's a middle ground, and I think that's where Bo-Katan's going to come into play. Like, 100%. I think she's going to end up respecting th- a lot of the things that the Children of the Watch do, but I think there needs to be this kind of, we need to figure out what it really means. We can take our helmets off. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. No, like, yeah. seriously, that, that, that's exactly where I was going to end this, so I'll just say it now. Like, I think this moment is where we see her crack in the sense of, like, Maybe, you know, like you said, maybe this fanatical idea isn't what we need. However, the pieces are there, yeah, right? For sure. Like the, like I said, the faith, this creed, this idea, this love for Mandalore and, and this loyalty to oneself, mm-hmm. that's what we need. And we yeah. need to bring that back because we've for lost sure. our way and this is the way. This is the way. If I had a mic, I'd go. <laughs> that was beautiful. Well said. Well said. Well of course, I mentioned Din Djarin gets taken down, but the oh, question yeah, yeah, that I had yeah. was, did what he happened? fall? Did he fall, or did, did he actually get taken down? Yeah, dude. Like I said, my second watch, I was like, wait a second, did he just like <laughs> slip off the edge <laughs> and just, <laughs> like, ah, I can't talk swim. about ruining a beautiful moment. <laughs> I know that's I mean, worse I knew than slipping so- up, walking up the stage uh, at the Oscars or something. Yeah, like I knew something was gonna happen, like in the water, yeah. but I didn't. Uh, very unclear. Yeah. Uh, what I thought she's gonna have to go down and boom, 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 like in the right. water, kill right. something. But now he's just but laying it, at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just fell asleep when he got in the water. Yeah, well, this is where it takes the turn. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so as Bo-Katan goes in. By the way, okay, hold on. pause. Actually, we're not taking the turn yet. So on my second watch. I noticed, and I'm I'm dying laughing trying to get this sentence out. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo-Katan full on belly flops. She does not oh, dive. One hundred percent, dude. I it saw that the been second watch so too. hard for whoever was in the suit to get a dive. Whoever, dude, when whoever did that dive, fail. It was so funny. Could, like they second just watch, went like, if this is the water, they just went. And there's no it. way they were descending after that impact. I, I was like, you couldn't do like a third take on that. Oh man. Like, come on, man. I agree hundred percent. That was like that was so clunky, but whatever. It don't matter. It made me laugh yeah, more than anything. It, it is whatever. It's whatever. So now let's take the turn though. I had to get those giggles out. So yeah, yeah. Tan is bringing Dinjarin back to surface. And again, the music was phenomenal. You could tell that something very important was about to go down. And we see a mythosaur alive. Not that it was just sitting there, potentially dead or asleep. No, you see the eyeball, you see the head turn, you see the shape. It's somewhere on the screen if you're on YouTube. It's on our logo. That's the skull. That's the mythosaur skull that as Star Wars fans, we've we've come so accustomed to seeing as far as representing the Mandalorians, but we've never actually seen it live action. Well, it's here. And it's, freaking here to stay i hope let's go i was so hyped when i saw this i told you zach i was watching this at, at 5 a.m baby in the other room dead asleep i wanted to scream so loud out of pure excitement but i but mm-hmm. i had to hold it in and i did successfully but goodness gracious the chills and the emotions that came across me there were 
unreal. Something that I didn't expect to experience in the second episode of this season. And I took to Twitter and I said, I think this means just as much to me as the Luke Skywalker show up in the end of season two. What did you think? Of, what did you think of the Mythosaur reveal? And then we'll start talking about these theories and, and ideas that so, I have of this. I got to be completely honest with you here. I just thought that's the thing she was going to battle like in the water. (laughs) I thought that's what had taken Din down and she was just going to have to battle this thing. And then I saw the size of it and I'm like, (laughs) what are we like? What's it doing? It didn't do anything like it did. And then, and then it like took me, it it threw me off it to sum it up. Cause I was like, first of all, what is this thing? Why is it in the water? Did it take Din down? And if it didn't, did he just slip and hit his head? Like, right. right. It was just all of these questions. And then, so I watched it again. I, I've said this a billion times at this point. I watched it once and a second watch. Highly recommend a second watch is what I'm trying to say. For sure. Because For sure. I watched it again. And, you know, we don't talk a lot when we do a show. We don't, we try not to text each other. Right. Um, right. To, so we can be live here. But this one thing I was very confused about. Okay. And so you you had told me, you know, this is the Missor and, you know, it's a big deal or whatever. And so I watched it again. And I did not realize at the time, the first watch, that Bo is like flabbergasted when she when she comes out. Right. Mm-hmm. She like looks back and she's still wearing a helmet, but you can like tell she's just like, what did I just see? Yep. And so that's when I knew, like, okay, maybe something is here. We're obviously going to get way more backstory and way more explanation of what's going on here. Um, but my initial take was just confusion. I got to okay. be honest. Like, okay. I'm glad that it worked for you. Yeah. But for me, yeah. I was just like, what is this big thing? That's well, scary. And again, I feel like that. I think that that's a good thing as far as the show goes because it's still for people like me. Uh, we had our freak out sesh for sure. 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 But uh, for those that, you know, that aren't deep into it already are, are just curious of, okay, what the heck was that massive thing? And I'm sure we'll I just thought it was next well, week. I just thought it was another creature in the water. Like we see right. big creatures all the time. I just thought it was another right. big creature. And then, okay, she's out of the water. Yeah. And then somehow yeah. she found him in this yeah. black darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, that he had his little light on, thank God. Right, for sure. Um, but Which... all in all, it just kind of confused me. Okay. But the second watch, I thought it was cool, like uh-huh. especially after talking to you. Okay, so you watched it. The second time you watched it, you knew it was the myth. Yeah, yeah, we had okay. talked. Okay, and then, okay. Um, that's when I watched it again. Because I think we talked like Wednesday afternoon-ish. Yeah, yeah. Like right yeah. after we had both watched it for the first time. Uh-huh. And then I watched it that night with Taylor. So, yeah. um, okay. that's, that's when I saw, but all in yeah. all, I thought it was cool. I thought it kind of falls into the clunky boat for me. If I'm being completely honest okay. with him, like falling in the water and yeah. really clunky just to get that reveal that the mythosaur is still alive. I just don't know how you do it otherwise, but yeah, well this, I guess the, the mythosaur being in the water plays into my theory here. So I'll go ahead and, and get yeah, into say that. It. My theory is that this mythosaur has essentially been hibernating until the next true Mandalore returns or arrives into these living waters and takes the creed or whatever. And now suddenly, we don't know who it is, but Din Djarin, Bo-Katan are both in the water and suddenly this thing's awake. I th- um, The theory of mine is that clearly one of these two is going to be the true Mandalore the Great that has hasn't been around 
in ages. And I guess I think that's what the rest of the season's going to explore is who is, in fact, between Dinjarin or Bo-Katan, who is, in fact, the true great Mandalore the Great that's going to tame this thing. And another thing of mine that I'm wondering is Bo-Katan could easily keep this information to herself. If she's really interested in, okay, Din has got the Darksaber, but this is my chance to make a play for the throne, if you will. Um, I'm going to go get this Mythosaur, and, and this is my claim to the, to the Mandalore seat. Here you go. And then that way the Mandalorian people have to choose, is the Darksaber more important, or is the fact that this Mythosaur that hasn't been around in thousands of years more important? I think that could be a very interesting uh, situation or plot mm-hmm. movement for this show. What do you think about those ideas? I love the last one. Okay. Um, the fact she might keep it to herself, specifically because of how the show ends, mm-hmm. where she's, she's out like, of it. yeah, yeah, and she's just staring, just she's like panting, and she's just Ooh. she's like she's had this she's had this reveal to her because you've talked about it. Throughout this entire episode, she's bashing all of this for this, this mm-hmm. folklore. She's mm-hmm. like, "No, all of this is nonsense. Living water. This is a that. joke." Like, you're really, the your only th- thing that means uh-uh. anything to her is the dark saber. But suddenly, she has this moment, and I think she is now. First of all, all of her beliefs are resparked. She believes that Mandalore is going to come back one day because she's seen this mythosaur alive. And now I think she's more interested in being the person to do that yet again. All of that stuff happens mm. because she sees this mythosaur. So now the question I'll, is, does she think about how Din Djarin could play in, or does she go back to being kind of selfish a bit and, and is like, okay, here's my oh, chance. Dude. The more I think about it, those little scenes, maybe they weren't sexual. Maybe they were like respected. Like maybe mm. he's the one. Maybe that's what she's thinking. Ooh. And like, maybe, but she seems so cocky to me that I don't think she would like give in. Like she would want the throne. I don't know. It, it, historically, is she like that hungry for the throne type situation? Uh, I mean, I mean, even in season two, she's pretty hungry about it because well, didn't I agree? But saber and she doesn't and kill him immediately though. Like if she really no, wanted it, you know no, what I mean? She's, like she's pretty upset for sure. <laughs> I just, I, it just kind of threw it all for a loop in her yeah. mind. And okay. that's why I, I wanted to preface with this whole f- cultural and faith and everything, because like we just said, everything she joked about became real in about five seconds. Yep. And so it's like, sure. Oh my gosh, like this thing's still alive. Are again, they're only they're re- It's a religion basically. Yeah, it is. They are godlike figure this mythical figure that no one's seen in ages yeah. is still alive and real in front of her face that she just saw. And like you said, fun fact, it was not awake when they were there. It woke right. up when they went by. So that's interesting right. too. Yeah. I think, Very it, I think the myth sword just sensed it and it, it's just up for the show to tell us who is that myth sword responding oh, to. And I can't it's wait fascinating. to, yeah, I can't wait to figure that out for sure. For sure. Well, there's all of uh, all of the breakdown, the in- entirety of chapter 18, titled Loved "The it. Minds of Mandalore." Yeah, it was a fantastic episode. I definitely think it was an increase 
in comparison to the premiere. I still enjoyed the premiere. I think I said it was like a eight, seven and a half, eight out of ten, something like that. Probably seven and a half. Now that I've seen this one, um, mm-hmm. I would give this a solid eight and a half, nine. Like I really I enjoyed say, this like... one a lot. This was a top five, top three, top five Mandalorian yeah. episode to date. I'd say eight point eight. That's my rating on it. There if we're doing ratings here, very I thought it was well, very good. Very yeah. Good. Very good. Well, speaking of ratings, let's let's hop over to our submissions. The people that, that reached out to us, thank you so much for doing that. So definitely want to do our due diligence and give some shout-outs and talk to you guys. So over on Twitter, I keep doing this. I'll probably keep doing it. I tweeted out a poll. How would you rate, out of 10, Chapter 18 of The Mandalorian, entitled The Minds of Mandalore? Here are the results. 9 out of 10 was voted on 82.1% of the time, so that's the great category. The second one, obviously, then 7 to 8 was 16.4. And then there was probably just one joker that said 5 out of 6, and they probably <laughs> excuse me, they probably take IGN too literal in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what happened. 100%. There. 100%. But yeah, it looks like across the board, the fan base, the, the Mandalorian fans really enjoyed this one as far as those poll results go now let's look at some twitter submissions that we'll discuss jessica sitton said can all the other episodes be like this uh i think they are i think they are they are going to be like this uh if we're going to keep exploring this mythosaur thing we're in for a doozy uh and the stakes i was concerned weren't going to be high enough compared to luke skywalker returning well this the stage has been set in my opinion do do you believe that as well oh yeah no i think this could be way bigger than luke skywalker showing up okay Um, and that's not a that's not a you know a hate on luke i'm just saying yeah that was a moment this is a a cultural movement i mean literally like it's it's a it's a reclaiming of an entire like idea a planet yeah. a place and i it's just so fascinating Insane. to me yeah darth del rio if that tease at the end was what it hinted at i think it would make an excellent haslab for hasbro to make so number 1 yes it was 1000% what it teased at that was in fact the mythosaur number 2 yeah hasbro get on it start making it get it out there we need it moving on blue jedi <laughs> Blue Jedi said, great episode. Very different in tone from last week, which is what this show does so well. Lots of spoken lore exposition and unspoken character stuff going on here. Very well directed. Great nods to another franchise that fits perfectly here. Loved it. Now, the stuff going on, or what the part here, unspoken character stuff. That's what I was trying to say. The unspoken character stuff going on here. When I read that, because you pointed it out, Zach, the first thing that I thought of was Bo-Katan pushing Grogu to the side. Oh. Like that moment still, now that you've pointed that out, is so good. So good. So good. No words. Just yeah. And I love how Grogu's just like, I, you I know, got it. Right? Like, you got it. <laughs> yeah. But clearly Grogu can take these things out. We kind of skipped over the yeah, fact that he did that. Yeah, but I just thought it was funny that he don't even. He, he's like, yeah, you like, got this. I'll, I'll yeah, it's like the Homer going into the grass meme is what that is. <laughs> I love, By the way, it. we didn't mention Grogu didn't fall asleep after using the Force. Mm-hmm. Proud of him. A lot of Force. A lot of Proud Force. Proud of him. Yeah, for sure. But and it, it got a it got a rise or it got a I wouldn't say got a rise. It got a cheer out of my wife when he like that thing that yeah. we saw in the trailer. 
Uh-huh. Like she was like, yeah, come on. Let's go. That's awesome. And I was like, hey, there we go. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, Blue Jedi, thank you so much. I believe that's the second week in a row that you have offered a fantastic review for us mm-hmm. to discuss. A lot of great things in there. Uh, Lynn Altomari said the following, What a great episode. We'll have to watch again because so much was going on. I do have to say I hate spiders on TV shows, be they ice ones or droids. Yeah, the ice ones from season two. Fair definitely, enough. I definitely didn't like those. Oh, this like one, I out. didn't. The the droid one, I definitely had an eerie feeling, but I didn't get like an icky feeling this go around. But same. But anyway, Still yeah, icky. great, great episode for sure. Jessica sitting again. So much to unpack. I was in awe of the details of Mandalore. Won't say more so I don't spoil it. But wow. Yeah, there was so much to unpack in this one, and kind of going back to what Lynn said, this is some this is an episode that I believe you've got to watch multiple times, two at the minimum, three, four, ideal probably. I haven't even done three or four yet. I probably need to, especially if you're deep in the lore like you or, or yeah. others. Like like this is thick with it lore is, for sure. Well, and, and luckily you're if you're listening at this point, you've heard a great breakdown, so maybe you don't need to go back and and watch it again, right? So yeah, I take that no. back. You don't. There's do no it. need. There's no need. We got but you. You should. But you should. <laughs> yeah, do it. You know. All right, Jessica, sitting with another one. Here we go. Appreciate it, Jessica. Wasn't sure how I felt at the beginning, but then as the episode progressed, the intensity increased, and we got the awesomeness back that was lacking a little in the season opener. Great episode. That seems to line up almost exactly with what you were saying, Zach. As far as the Bingo. way that once Bo-Katan shows up. Pew, it just shoots but, off. Yeah, it was a little clunky, a little boring at the beginning. It was a little ho-hum. And then once Grogu like goes on his own. Oh, and uh, I forgot to talk about this. So if you're still around, appreciate you. Um, Grogu moving around looked great, like yeah. on his own, where he's like walking and flipping. Because the flipping oh, yes. can look kind of goofy sometimes. Like yeah. when he tossed gr- to grief, dude. I think I sent <laughs> you that meme. It's already getting memed, for sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> he just chucks him. Like, hilarious to me. Um, but I thought he looked good flipping around this time. Um, I thought he looked really good walking around and, like, kind of peeking over the corners and stuff. Yeah. And I love that he didn't save Din. I love that, too. Yeah. Well, That's always kind of been a trope that, like, oh, he'll use the force, save him, right, whatever. But this right. time it doesn't work. So. Yeah. Um, I think we hear the pattering of Grogu's feet, too, when he's walking toward we do. Din. Fantastic. It was I think Taylor actually chuckled. So she loves Grogu, if you hadn't yeah. picked that up. She's like Who everybody. Doesn't? Yeah, I was going to say, she's like everybody. Like, Grogu's her thing. And so, like, he, he's, like, walking along, like, kind of, she, like, chuckled. She's like, oh, look at his little feet. I was like, yeah, yeah I know. They got you. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Money grab for sure, but it's a yeah, they got me too. That's fine. (laughs) All right, we also have two Discord submissions. So if you are interested in joining our Discord, that link is down in the description. This gives you an opportunity with no character limitations as far as getting submissions in. So there's a great opportunity to get on there. Speeder Bike Tim says the following. My thoughts are that Bo-Katan will realize most of what she thought were fables is actually fact, and she will join Din Djarin and help reunite Mandalore. My only question at this point are, or excuse me, my only questions at this point are, who will ultimately yield the Darksaber, and how will the armorer react, especially after the realization that Mandalore is not poisoned and Din and Bo are working together? Mm. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Um... First of all, 
I'm interested to see how the armor reacts to the proof as far as Din Djarin, you know, going into the waters. Like, is Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan going to be the proof? And if Bo-Katan is the proof, why would the armor trust her? Because there's some heat there. There's some beef yeah. for sure, which yeah. could set up a great plot point, I might add. So maybe that is what they go for. Din Djarin would be quite the... Quite the guy to think that bringing Bo-Katan would be a good idea, though. He's basically yeah. saying, all right, here you go with the armor. Duke it out with Bo-Katan. Let's figure out which one of you is better. <laughs> the, dude, the armor is so sick. I love the armor. Yeah. Like, she hasn't yeah. done much in the sense of, like, stuff, but she's mm-hmm. awesome. I think it's a girl, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, she is awesome. I love the armor. Just yeah, the, 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 the lore, the, the background of her, this misty, mm-hmm. mystical like what I don't want to call her like judge jury executioner, but like, that's kind of how she is. Like, yeah, she don't play no games. Hey, you know what I mean? She got the hammer. She makes that stuff too, boy. She's yeah, good. She um, but right, this, so- this, the last part there where he says, uh, the armor react didn't even consider that fascinated mm-hmm. by that immediately. But then like her working together, Bo and, uh, and Dean working together. That's all I'm talking about. You think Who's so? to say they can't rule together, right? Okay, okay I don't so that's how that Mandalore was, works. But it's a question that I was going to pose you: If you had to put money on who's going to be the Mandalore the Great, Bo-Katan or Din Djarin, who are you putting money on today, Din. right now? Din. Din Djarin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If I had to put money on it, he's on the poster. Right. I, True. I, but, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be both. Yeah. Or her. Or her. Like I, I don't <laughs> like I, I don't think that's how it's gonna play out. But yeah. If, yeah. If I had to I would like, love if you're like, like a... we gotta get on FanDuel and you gotta bet this, that's <laughs> yeah. what I would do. But Okay. I would I love know, a co ruling. That that idea is fascinating well, to me. And it's my thought almost would be like what uh, he would wield the dark saber, she would wield the mythosaur, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. And then or, oh wow, or you they're flip flop back and forward whenever. Yeah, but I just mean like Theoretically, yeah, in no, the no, Mandalore mind, like it's she almost would like, the dark saber, um, he would have the mythosaur. Whoa, they're both yeah. they're both worthy of our praise. Mm-hmm. They should both rule. That's how I envision this going, but I don't know. You know, it's uh again, I'm bringing this up, this franchise up. It's what Game of Thrones should have done with mm-hmm. Jon Snow and Bingo. Daenerys, and Bingo. I think maybe Favreau. Spoiler alert. Favreau and Filoni. <laughs> oh crap! Oops. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> but yes. Anyway. Anyway. I, yeah, I didn't say much. I didn't say much. Yeah. Um. Uh, maybe the whole series. But <laughs> Favreau and Filoni know that that's what that's what people wanted in Game of Thrones. I think. And um, yeah. Well, maybe this just, is their opportunity to kind of do that in their own way. In their own. And way. not even fan servicey. Just like. It just story wise, like just it makes sense. sense that they would want to be together. And for everything I said earlier about Din. I don't think he means to rule these people. He's just a good dude in the sense of like he follows his rules and follows the creed. So much so like Jon Snow, I might add. He's exactly like Jon Snow. (laughs) And I that's why I say like that's why I say I don't think he's gonna end ruling because like he doesn't want it. I I don't want the crown or whatever Jon Snow says. (laughs) I don't I don't I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it, man. All right, we got one more Discord submission here from Melanie. Couple of bullet points, a few bullet points actually. This was an amazing episode. The ongoing Mandalore, Mandalorian lore, sets, creatures, and effects were fantastic. 
1,000% with that. I really appreciated how Din said our people to Grogu when referring to Mandalorians because he is one also. That was touching. Okay, that was something that we talked there about you earlier. Go. I'm glad yep. we got some you confirmation that. on that. Appreciate that, Melanie. I love how a Grogu, how Grogu is evolving. He is so smart and did a great job throughout the whole episode and with enabling Din's rescue. Absolutely. We've de- definitely touched on that. I think it's right. beside the Mythosaur reveal, it's definitely probably the the one of the best moments of this episode. Arguably one of the best moments of the show so far just because 100% it's agree. great to see Grogu get that kind of Not action. just being his little blob or his little For sure. For cute. sure. And then of course Melanie with this last one, Bo-Katan, awesome. Bo-Katan yeah. kills it. Bo-Katan is is the character of the week for me. Last week, the character of the week was Grogu. Grogu was the winner of last week's episode, in my opinion. Uh, Bo takes this one by a landslide. Massive margin. Katie Sackhoff is born to play Bo-Katan. Voicer in The Clone Wars, Voicer in Rebels. So glad they made that decision. Of course, we've had so many Clone Wars characters kind of make that switch or animation characters make that switch to live action, and they've decided to potentially change who's doing it. it most notably, Rosario Dawson with Ahsoka. Shoot, I mean, they did it with Last of Us. We've we've seen that already yeah, in HBO. Like for they're sure. all different. Absolutely. Um, so glad they stuck with the same one with Bo-Katan because I, I can't imagine anyone else in this role. Honestly, I mean, yeah, I think. I think she's good. I've never seen her in anything else. Um, I think she's in like um, Battle. What Battlestar is it? What sometimes is that? Sometimes she Battle comes Star off as like. This is me being so nitpicky here. Okay, here but we if go. you're still sticking around, like <laughs> she comes off a little over actory, me okay. to me. Like okay. she kind of like is very just dramatic about everything. Okay. However, I say that to say, yeah, that's why we watched the episode more than once because. Mm. The more I see of her, the more I realize that's the character. Yes. She is cocky. And that's what like I was going to say. Like, like, she is that way. I so, think, like, it, it makes me feel better about, like, oh, no, that's just how she is. I think that doesn't get noticed by me because that fits with how Bogotan was in The Clone Wars. Sure. And in so the animation, I, they're going to be dramatic. I'm, in right? my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, she's portraying this character ex- so perfectly because this yeah. matches that Clone Wars character that we initially fell in love with. So that's probably that's why perfect. it doesn't even stick out to me at all. So, yeah, probably admittedly. It's a good call out. And acting, I guess, like portrayal. I just, like, she's just so aggressive. Like, with the yeah. first words we hear from her, of where she's like, let's teach him a lesson or get rid of him <laughs> once for all. Yeah, that's both that, for sure. That, that screams both Yeah, like, that's to aggressive <laughs> and dramatic for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so, but I understand, like, that's the character. So yeah. I get it now. I get it. Absolutely. Um, that was just my initial take. But I, I love this episode, dude. I thought it was great. It if, was. If more episodes are like this, we're going to have one heck of a season. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. It felt so Star Warsy. Yes, it, it felt did. so good. And for the first time in a long time for Star Wars, well, that's not true. Andor was incredible. Yeah, um, Andor was great. But, but where I was going with that is like, it feels like event TV again for Star yeah, it Wars. it does. Like, I feel like we, I sit down with my wife, we watch Light, Mandalorian. Lighthearted, great TV, just Correct. to make it different from Andor. Where, where Last of Us, so we watch that on Sundays, and mm-hmm. this comes out on Wednesday. So Sundays. I'm going to cry my eyes out because it's heavy and it's serious and it's depressed and it's just heavy. Yeah. Then on Wednesdays I get this 
fun, yeah. sci-fi, action, crazy, lore. Wild. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like so fun. And I love that. It makes me love the show more. And the yeah. fact that Pe- Pedro is the freaking dude in both is just so cool. Yeah, he's the Good face. He's the face of him. streaming right now. Good for him, man. All right, man. Well... It's time for us to get out of here. We definitely yeah. dove deep into this one. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast episode. If you're still listening and you haven't subscribed at this point, what are you doing? Smash that subscribe Do button. Do it. Greatly appreciate it. Cannot wait to continue to cover this season. Again, I'll remind you, each and every single Friday, we've got a companion podcast releasing, breaking down the latest episode of the Mandalorian season three and I have heard rumors and seen reports that episode three is 56 minutes long I don't know how to do it yeah so it's long there's gonna be a lot to break down and dissect in next week's podcast episode so make sure you join clan Mando talk and come back to us next week follow us on Twitter and TikTok at MandoTalk. Those are the two main ones. If you want to have more one-on-one conversation like I already alluded to, join the Discord. Click that link down in the description. Zach, thank you so much for being on. Can't wait to have you back. Thanks for having me. I mean, are we still planning on next week, right? I'll be back, baby. Next week. Next week. Zach's going to be helping me break down that 56-minute goodies of the Mandalorian. Maybe we'll see the Mythosaur, maybe not. But regardless, we're going to have a great time. And until then, as always, we have spoken. Spoken.